Every year in Canada, we take time on Remembrance Day to remember and honor those who went overseas and sacrificed for our country and the freedoms we enjoy today. But what about those people whose contributions to the war effort involved work on this side of the ocean? These people never wore military uniforms, never held rifles in their hands, and never stormed the beaches of Normandy. But they made sure that the soldiers who did, and the rest of the country, had food to eat. They were young women who signed up to work on farms when male farmers and farm laborers traded in their barn clothes for soldiers' uniforms. The 519 Podcast presents The Farmerettes on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the519podcast.com. last two years, there have been two things that Canadians could always seemingly count on. The next wave of COVID-19 and being potential targets of scammers and fraudsters. The calls and text messages can come once a day, maybe twice, or they could be scattered across weeks. But they always come. Fraudulent phone calls seem to be out of control these days, and it's no surprise that they've been costing Canadians millions of dollars. And while the phone call scams have been growing, so too has the creativity of the fraudsters. We are now in the digital age of frauds and scams, and that means potential problems are coming at us at home and at work, and millions of dollars have been lost. Hello? Hi, is this Albert Peters? Yeah, what's this about? The reason behind this call is to notify you that we've registered a criminal case against your name concerning a tax evasion and tax fraud in the federal courthouse. Pardon? Sir, this is an extremely serious offense. You owe $5,000 for the tax year 2021. What? The deadline to pay the $5,000 you are charged with is April 20th. You have six days to complete your payment or you'll be arrested and detained by the RCMP. You've got this wrong. Check my name again. This is all wrong. Albert Peters, P-E-T-E-R-S. That's the name we have on file, sir. I'm calling on behalf of the Canadian Revenue Agency about your outstanding warrant for tax fraud. I have here you have six days to pay down your charge or you'll be charged and convicted. Are there any other... Wait, no, officer, what? This is... A CRA case manager will be in touch with you shortly to process your payment. We accept credit card and Bitcoin. Wait, Bitcoin? Yes, Bitcoin. A crypto payment to the government... For tax fraud. Yes, sir. It's a very fast and easy method of payment. Phone calls like the one you just heard happen every single day in Canada. And unlike Albert Peters, some people actually fall for these types of scams. These calls are realistic and they're frightening. One wrong move and in a single moment you could lose thousands of dollars. All it takes is seemingly small bits of information in the wrong hands and you could be in serious trouble. 2021 was a record-setting year for frauds reported to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre and the OPP. According to the CAFC, reported losses have totaled $379 million, a dramatic increase from the $164 million lost in 2020. And they believe those numbers are just scratching the surface. We're in a golden age of scams, so where are these calls even coming from? This is Detective Sergeant John Armit of the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre and the OPP. 
we know a lot of these originating out of India. Um, they're sophisticated call centers. Uh, they have a script. They have intermediaries. You may hear like your social insurance number has been compromised. Or for newcomers to Canada, you know, CBSA has Canada Border Services Agency has a warrant out for your arrest. Or they have the the fake police officer jump in saying there's a warrant out for your arrest. In particular, with these social uh, insurance number scams or the IRS or CRA scams. They're actually contacting people and telling them uh, to download certain um, remote entry software, either on your phone or your computer. And that's how it all starts. And they get in people's bank accounts and they send money uh, to pay, um, you know, to, to stop this the warrant for arrest being actioned. Um, and what's interesting about these fraudsters is if they can't get cryptocurrency from you, they're going to ask for a wire transfer. If it's not a wire transfer, it's an e-transfer. If it's not an e-transfer, it's gift cards. Just know that no government agency will contact you to tell your SIM card is compromised or blocked. For most of us, a scam or a fraud like this one is easy to spot a mile away. These scammers call you, whether it's a robocall, whether it's a live person, and they're asking for information the government would clearly already have, or they're asking you to do things that don't make any sense, like paying your taxes over the phone by credit card or with gift cards. However, some people, often seniors or new Canadians, become confused or frightened in these situations. Scam calls prey on these people's emotions and they know exactly what kind of reactions they're trying to evoke. They want you frightened enough to impulsively pay whatever the scammer is asking for. However, there are ways you can avoid falling for these types of calls. If you've been an attempted victim or victim, share it with us. We have a robust um, disruption program where we disrupt their phone numbers, their email addresses, their bank accounts. Last year, we disrupted over 18,000 bank accounts, which is significant, but that's only a drop in the bucket. The uh, CRTC just... Um, implemented some legislation in last year for the telecommunications to implement. So now on your phone, you're gonna see a large number that starts with a V. And so when you see that, that's something that should be a red flag to you say, you know, this is probably a fraudulent call and it's a voice over internet protocol call. And what they're doing is they're spoofing a number. So on most smartphones, they'll show you that long number, but it'll also show you the spoof number below. So that's a great indication. And, and the government of Canada is trying to do things to uh, disrupt these services. Phone scams are just one of many tools in the fraudster's arsenal. With the progression of technology came the progression in scam tactics. We've now entered an age of digital fraud. These fraudsters are uh, out there on every sort of social media platform, every dating site you can think of. And with the uh, advance of technology around the world, we're having third world countries and, and countries around the world now able to reach out to anyone uh, uh, through their, their phone or, or on a keyboard. In most of these cases, these are um, individuals that are seeking uh, companionship, seeking love, and they're contacted through these social media um, sites, the dating sites, and they're asked normally to switch to a different form of communication. And it's common for um, the suspects in this case to use pictures found on social media of real people, um, such as business people or members of the military, using family photos, pet photos, showing their hobbies. And the scammers will um, often edit these pictures 
uh, based on the lies that they have told that they're victims. So it's it's so prolific. Everything's gone digital. Um, Seventy-four percent of our calls to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center are cyber-enabled crimes. So they're using the cell phones. They're using the laptops. They're they're reaching out through the internet to to connect to people. And as I mentioned, a lot of these individuals are overseas. And what we really have uh, seen an explosion in, especially during COVID, is the integration of money mules in the whole system. So you know, our romance fraud victim may be thinking they're sending money to an intermediary that's helping out, you know, their loved one that they think is in, maybe in custody in UK. Well, that's another uh, fraud victim that's receiving the money. And so they take a bit of their cut and it keeps on going through the circle until it's eventually cashed out and put into crypto and sent overseas. So they're very challenging uh, investigations based on all the layering that they're integrating into the system. Romance scams are now one of the more common tactics for fraudsters. And it's not exclusive to massive frauds like you may have seen in the Netflix documentary, The Tinder Swindler. Scams like this one are becoming commonplace. Here's a post from Reddit. So this guy followed me on Instagram and I added him thinking it was just one of those like life coach sort of business guys because his bio said entrepreneur and I had those types of people sort of, you know, for inspiration. So he sent me a message and I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop and, and him asking me if I want to invest or join a business course. But it was different. He began telling me that I look like his dead wife and that he sent my picture to his seven-year-old son, and he said that he likes me. I know there were a lot of red flags. I mean, he asked a lot of personal questions. He asked me my salary, and I didn't ignore them, but I engaged him because I was thinking, surely if I'm aware of the red flags, then I'm safe, and I just want to know how long he's going to keep it up. He invited me to WhatsApp, saying that he was going to delete his Instagram soon, and once we were on WhatsApp, um, that's when the asking for money happened. And first it was for his son. Uh, he said he has problems with uh, accessing his money because the bank was putting it on hold and, and the payment for his business, which was the reason he had to go to the UK, uh, can't be accessed. Uh, he said he's from Thailand. Uh, he also said that he's got workers that come from my country that he also has not paid salary to because of these bank issues and that they can help me transferring the money to him. And we talked about what, what I was going through. I, I told him I got into an accident and I needed surgery which is true. I also got COVID. I had huge debt due to my multiple surgeries in my head. I even sent him pictures thinking that surely you can't be that evil to try to scam a woman who's got a lot on her plate and, and really who's fighting for her life. I know. I'm stupid. I, I fell for the scam and all in all, I ended up sending him $3,000. You know, once you spend the first big amount, I just kept thinking maybe this is true and all I need to do is just give him a little more. Then he can get his money and pay me back. And romance frauds in many cases are not run by a singular person. These things sometimes run in networks of people that find the best ways to exploit their victims. In Eastern Ontario, we end up arresting this romance fraudster. He was operating in Toronto. He was an intermediary. He was accepting funds from the victims, taking 20% uh, cut, and then he was sending the, the rest overseas. Uh, and, and 
what we uncovered in that particular investigation, and the Americans are seeing the same thing, it's, it's a very organized uh, crime and organized crime group that are, are conducting these uh, these frauds. And, you know, they throw a pitch to these victims saying, you know, it's a maybe it's a personal family emergency. Maybe they're overseas and they don't have medical coverage and their son or daughter have been injured or, um, you know, they want to travel, but then they're... Uh, intercepted at customs and now they have to pay customs fees but what's really incredible and what we've seen the change in is that these fraudsters are now adapting to cryptocurrency so now they're asking the victim not only to be part of a romance fraud if you will but now can you help me invest in cryptocurrency and as we know once we send your cryptocurrency over to anyone anyone's wallet you can't get it back unless police actually arrest the individual sees the crypto wallet and, and can uh, restrain that uh, that crypto. So it's, it's a very challenging investigation that we have. In combating romance fraud, there are some basics to always keep in mind. So don't give out your personal information, your name, your address, your date of birth, your SIM card, your banking credentials. And we always say, um, you know, don't accept friend requests from people you don't know. Uh, I had an interesting call not too long ago where this woman received uh, a message on uh, Facebook Messenger, and she believed it was a, a celebrity, a comedian, in fact, and she was of the opinion, uh, he said, you know, I, th I think you'll, you're really cute and like to get chatting, and she started chatting with this individual, and when she, you know, let him know that her intentions weren't to, you know, seek some sort of relationship with him, this individual who pretended to be a celebrity transitioned to say, hey, I can give a free concert in your area. And I'll connect you with with this individual who is my manager. And it turns out that the manager said, "Hey, look, can you pay for uh, the private jet's fuel?" And we accept cryptocurrency. So, you know, these stories get really elaborate. Crypto fraud has made some scammers hard to detect, and in most cases, it's made it nearly impossible for victims to get their money back. What's also holding back those chances of detection and apprehension? It's the lack of reporting and awareness surrounding these schemes. Only 5% of estimated victims actually report to law enforcement or the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre. Our, our, our focus is to ensure that we put the messaging out there and, and uh, create awareness to um, uh, Ontario residents and Canadian residents uh, to bring attention to what um, might come in as a, a, an easy sort of uh, dating profile that things really hit it off and then eventually uh, starts off with uh, a socially engineered, constructed emergency. Um, it plays on your heartstrings, and these these um, romance fraudsters um, ask for money. And before you know it, uh, people uh, send a massive amount of money. And just like you mentioned, $64.6 million last year, which is almost double, more than doubled, the $27.9 million in 2020. And what's really insane about romance frauds, it's, our highest amount of dollar loss uh, per victim compared to any other fraud that we're seeing out there. Fraudsters are sending gifts to our romance fraud victims. Um, but the crazy thing about this is they're actually using another victim's money to, you know, shower these people with flowers or gifts because they have to keep the ruse going to keep these people believing. Romance frauds have been working at an alarming rate in Canada. And while they're mostly committed on social media platforms, those aren't the only places you have to be careful. Emails and text messages are also potential tools for fraud. Phishing scams or even smishing, which is uh, through text messaging, uh, is one of the easiest ways uh, for fraudsters to steal your login credentials, uh, your personal information, or even infiltrate corporations and networks. Um, so what the fraudsters do 
is they will use mass email campaigns or text messages that appear to be coming from recognized institutions, uh, from companies or from government agencies. And these messages uh, may claim that you need to update your account or that money is ready to be deposited. Sometimes they're spoofing Interact or uh, the major banks. Um, and what these links have is malicious links or an attachments embedded within them. And they always appear to be receipted from a purchase or a delivery a notification uh, or a notice to appear in court. So if you do see these links, don't click on them. Don't click on them. Uh, they could contain malware. Update. Your automobile plate sticker reimbursement is now available. Click the link to collect your $240. These scams are believable because they're in line with the kind of text messages you might actually receive from some legitimate establishments, be it a bank or an insurance company. So the big question is, how do you decipher between what's real and what's not? Really do your, take your time, slow it down when you're on the internet and you're typing your search engine for wherever you want to go. Um, so we've seen situations where um, they've spoofed an actual financial institution website. People thinking they're putting their password, their username, or their account number in. And behind the scenes, they're stealing your information and they're stealing your money. I always tell people, if you do identify someone you believe suspicious on, whether it be a dating site or a social media site, you can report these individuals. The best thing I say is if your spotty sense goes off and if it seems too perfect, um, block these people, You know, just stop the communication and just end it. And that, that's your best line of defense. Um, and we're often seeing these individuals profess immediate love for these individuals. Um, like we said, they try and move to different forms of communication, whether it be email, text, social media. And then what we're seeing is there's attempts to meet these individuals and they always get canceled. There's always an excuse for them not to meet up. And, you know, we, we see uh, poorly written messages and uh, messages that are addressed by the wrong name. So some of these fraudsters can't keep some of their things together. Never provide your personal information over the phone to an unknown person. Uh, don't assume the numbers that are appearing are accurate and be aware of the automated calls asking you to just press one. And, and we tell people if, they, if they've been a victim of cybercrime, uh, you can report online. It's a very easy process or you can contact us at one 495 um, if you um, but you know someone who has, you can report on their behalf too. And this information really does help us build our database with information that can really disrupt these, these fraudsters and help out police investigations. The world is a tough place right now, and knowing the next potential scam is always just around the corner makes it even more difficult. All the things that we know and trust, like Facebook, Twitter, Gmail, texting, all of these things can be used against us. Frauds are becoming more elaborate, and there's an endless amount of creativity by the people who are concocting them. It's important to stay vigilant and suspicious of things that just don't seem right or perhaps are too good to be true, because in this day and age, they often are. This episode of the 519 Podcast was produced by Haley Chang, Craig Needles, and Patrick Magermans. Remember, you can subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, 519 Podcast is a presentation of Blackburn Media.